that dance holds up and uh you can tell she put in the work for she worked fucking hard for like for like like think of the scenario right like <laughs> like she's try she's dancing for this like a stranger guy who just likes to watch who she thinks it's a he's a hooker or whatever she fucking goes hard on that bedpost I meant like she had worked out. <laughs> I finally watched. 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 Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched True Lies. So, Alan, you, before the last couple of weeks, had not watched two of the biggest blockbusters of 1994, uh, Speed, and now True Lies. And True Lies, at the time it was made, had the biggest budget of any movie at $100 million. I believe now, it. I now, believe like, it. laughable that that would be a, a big budget. Um, I, like, this is one of those movies that I think a lot of people when they when you mention it or like oh yeah i really like true lies that's a good movie and they like have some memories about it like aziz to me has stuck with me like in the 30 years since i've seen this like always just sticks with me as the bad guy from this i think he's like super memorable yeah. and very good um i never remember that they're in omega sector though and um but I think it's, as I was saying, it's a movie that like a lot of people, if you brought it up, they're like, oh yeah, I like that. Oh, that's a good action movie. That's like one of those ones they don't make anymore. But I, I doubt many people are like, True Lies is my favorite movie in my top well, 10, is my even my favorite James Cameron movie. And I mean, it, I think it has gotten a little lost to time a, a, a little bit. Uh, a lot of that has to do with like, it's never even been updated to like Blu-ray. Right. And I think, uh, you know, I wanted to watch this a couple nights ago. It was like the July 31st when I when I wanted to watch this. And you're like, yeah, you're not going to find it. And I was like, I'll just buy it. It's fine. I won't find it on a streaming service. I'll just buy it off of like Amazon Prime or, or YouTube. And I couldn't. It was just not like anywhere. And I was like, do I have to fucking run to like my local Barnes and Noble and fucking buy the hard copy of this. Um, but it's it wasn't anywhere. It wasn't on Tubi. It wasn't on Prime to buy or stream or Hulu, Netflix, yada, yada, yada. And then, of course, like all things in this world, uh, August 1st rolled around. And lo and behold, every fucking stream decided to, yeah, we'll have true lies now. Not when Alon wa wanted to watch it when he had time to watch it, but we'll, we'll put it on our streaming services now. And, uh, you and I talked about this too, but, um, you watched it on Tubi and I watched it on prime. And the funny thing about that is that we both had like a, like a version of the movie that was made for TV, like K like a cable version of the film it like dipped in black preparing it for a commercial, but then there was no commercial. And then the Tubi commercials happened at like different points. So yeah, it would stop for like an obvious commercial break. I didn't, it's interesting though. Like I didn't notice, I didn't notice at any point, like things edited in any way. Right. But I think, I think it's a PG 13. So it's like, 
it might be R actually. I can't even remember. I didn't notice any like it's R. I, it's R because I remember seeing it and I was like, oh, okay. That's what I thought, but I didn't. Rem- I didn't notice any like obvious edits. So like that's what makes it's so weird the fading to black because it's like what network was this fading to black for? Like, um, and and I was talking earlier about how this has never been updated. So like if you went on like eBay right now, you could buy the DVD for like five bucks, and you could buy the Blu-ray from like another country, but apparently it's just like the DVD version. Uh on a blu-ray disc and so because this has never been updated because james cameron won't allow it to be done without him and he's too busy in pandora right now to spend any time to do this i would like to see like a day in the life of james cameron like right now and be like is he just like fucking like in a sound stage on like avatar 23 he has like a fucking investigation board with like all the strings and shit attached. And he just does that every day. He's like, well, then if they do this and they go there, there has to be a water place. There has to be a fireplace. And those fire people have to look like this. Blah, blah. I think you're giving him a lot of credit when you've also made fun of him for having like very non-complex movies. as like other people have, too. So I don't know what the board's needed for. It's just like, oh, they go to the water people. And uh, oh, hey, that guy from the first movie attacks again. Going into seeing this movie this time, I was like, yeah, I like True Lies. Kind of like what I was just saying. Like, I like True Lies, but I haven't thought about it in forever. I had a ton of fun in this movie. And specifically, you called me when I had like an hour left. And you were like, I didn't really like it that much. I I have a lot of problems with it. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, I think it's, it's okay so far. And then the last hour hit. And I'm like laughing continuously, like really enjoying the action. And I just think like the movie ends so well that I I was very like pleased with this watch. Well, I think it loses itself a little bit. I it's it, and you know when the movie started out for me, I uh, I had high expectations of really liking this movie. Um, when when I was trying to find it and I couldn't find it, I ended up watching Big Trouble in Little Yeah, Big Trouble in Little China. And uh I, I enjoyed that a lot. It was cheesy and I liked it a bunch and it that movie, you know, has a bunch of twists and turns in it too. Um and then you told me, "Hey, if I like speed, I'll like this." So, and I really like speed. And so I had like a lot of expectations in the movie and the way this movie begins was as cheesy as I wanted it to be for like uh, an Arnold movie with like that kind of dude. When I saw his like head of Omega Sector with the eye patch, I was like, this is it. This is what I want. And um, and yeah, it was really delivering it for me. And then it went off on this tangent. And I feel like the movie loses itself a little bit. Like, I don't know what's happening. I don't know where this is going. And then, like you said, like an hour left of the movie kind of brings it back to the terrorist plot subplot. But I think that's the problem, right? It is the Jamie Lee Curtis married to Arnold Schwarzenegger a the plot or is the terrorist the plot and the other ones the subplot? Oh, man, I don't know. I think the terrorist part is obviously the plot of it. It's how the movie ends. And then, like, the Jamie Lee Curtis cheating slash spy part of it's probably, like, 30 minutes of a two-hour, 20-minute movie. Um, 
I actually like love that part. And like it, the movie kind of switches gears in such a way purposefully that you kind of forget about Aziz and his crew. Like the movie sets up like this is going to be the main part of this movie. And then you're, you're going on with Jamie Lee Curtis and like Arnold Schwarzenegger trying to catch her cheating and stop her from cheating for so long that then when the, the Arab guys break in, you're like, Oh shit. Yeah. That's what this movie was about. Yeah. But there's not even like, I mean, I guess in a movie, I guess they had to purposely do that. It's not like James Cameron is a, is a inept director. Right. So, but it's kind of a um, off-putting, the, the fact that they don't even, at least to me, the fact that they don't even cut back to like the Terra's doing something during that whole, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis, Bill Paxton thing. There's not even a cutback. So for like a huge chunk of the movie, you just have this thing going on. Um and it, it kind of brings it back too with like taking the daughter. But I, as this movie was, because I didn't know anything about this, right? So as this movie was going on, I was like, okay, they're going to do one of two things. You're going to find out that Jamie Lee Curtis is also a spy who's like, who's been also hiding her identity from her husband. And they're going to be on like the same mission, but opposite sides. They're going to run into each other. Or I thought, oh, the, the, um, the terrorists are going to kidnap uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and then he has to go save her from there. And that's kind of the, the way I saw it. And it was like, it was more the latter, but it wasn't either or honestly. So you either thought Mr. and Mrs. Smith or you thought taken is exactly what I thought. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those two and it ended up being like some sort of amalgamation of both, but less than one. Well, except like, so Mr. and Mr. and Mrs. Smith is like a direct kind of like, you know, its lineage comes from this movie, right? Like, right. Yeah. At the end of this movie, they're both spies, but like Mr. and Mrs. Smith is uh, there even is a scene in Mr. 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 and Mrs. Smith where they do a tango, like kind of an homage to this movie. So um, I think we should just get into it, start going through it. Did you prefer the speed opening title sequences to these because these i was like oh wow this is real dated i the graphics on it like the big bold letters i thought it was like telling me something that i needed to know about the movie i didn't realize those were the actors in the movie because you had the beginning one where it's just like the black background with their names in white but then as it was introducing arnold's character you know infiltrating that that mega mansion thing uh, there were still like the huge bold names on the on the screen, and I was like, "What is this?" Yeah. Or and are it, you talking about the title sequence with like the three D graphics? The three D graphics, like the true lies. Oh yeah, that's insane. It's not. Doesn't hold up. Doesn't hold up. I um that when this movie starts too, I was like, "This is also just fucking like Mission Impossible." I guess there's a French film that. Arnold saw and was like, I want to do this. And James Cameron's like, you watch French films? And then like, you know, they decided to do it. <laughs> um, and so, but like the opening of this, because I hadn't seen it so long, I'm like, oh, this is like Mission Impossible. And it's like also affected by James Bond quite a bit. But like, you know, Mission Impossible, you see Mrs. Mr. Smith. Fuck, why can I not say that? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You can just call it, we'll, we'll accept if you just call it the Smith movie. 
No, 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 no. Because then people are like you talking about Will Smith. So anyway, I, there's just like a lot of things that like it's kind of like how people now like do, Seinfeld doesn't do as well with newer people because like oh, I've seen all these jokes before and it's like no, all that shit stole from that, right? Like so this movie, you know, obviously the Mission Impossible TV show came out before True Lies, but you get my point. Like a lot has come out since then that's sort of reflecting this, and it feels the other way around when you kind of go back. Um, I. Uh, the opening scene in Switzerland, I I like. It's definitely like kind of hokey and corny. Yeah. Um, I called my dad today and I was like, "Hey, we're doing a movie with your favorite actress from the '90s." He's like, "My favorite actress from the '90s? He's like, who is that?" And I was like, "Tia Carrera." And he goes, "Oh, oh yeah, she is my favorite actress from the '90s." <laughs> and she's like the uh, Juno in the beginning, and like you know, the, yeah. helps the arms guys. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say your dad's favorite actress from the 90s is jamie lee curtis and i found that extremely hard to believe he's a big halloween guy as you know when you met him like you can see that so no yeah he just thinks tia carrera is hot and i mean she is so <laughs> yeah no 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 she is and uh, taylor is like wow um i know a girl our age that looks just like that and the way she said our age, I was like, what do you mean, babe? I was like, uh, she was like, oh, she's definitely much older than us. And I was like, no, I was just like, I just don't think women look like that anymore. So I looked up her age and she was 28 in this movie. Yeah, she like, I don't know. I think as a kid, everyone looks like you just hear like everyone's 40. <laughs> just yeah, everyone's like, 40. Just so old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People that are 50 or 40, people that are 30 or 40, you're just like, hey, that's just like a 40 year old. That's just like a that's an adult right there. That's like an adult person. Yeah, exactly. Um, the opening is kind of is kind of I don't know. It's it's got a lot of like cool little pieces. It definitely just feels totally like the first Mission Impossible movie, right? Like you're in this foreign country. It's cold outside. Um, the, the thing that I found most entertaining about this whole thing is that when he's going through the ballroom and he's he's talking to people in different languages and he's like, oh, hey, Colonel. Oh, hey, General. Oh, hey, you know, whatever, whatever. And they all look confused as hell. And like one guy in English, one guy says, who the hell is that? But then in all the other languages, they don't say anything to him. They just he just they just let him say hi to them. And I was like, how fucking funny would it be? If. if He's not speaking the language. <laughs> he's just mumbling shit to people. And they're like, what? And he's just moving so fast through it. He just totally got away with it. It's like the Mr. Bean version of this movie where it's just like, like that's not even yeah. the language. Exactly. Um, I also like the guy that plays Fast Faisal. Um, Grant Hesloff and uh, didn't look that up at all. But I one I I like when he's at one point when he's he's getting these files. We don't we have no idea what this first mission is for. Um, I guess we eventually were like this is leads to like them finding the Crimson Jihad. Yeah, the terrorists. But it doesn't seem to be connected except for the movie just saying like, hey, it's connected. Um, well, it's also connected through Juno because she comes back up later as like an associate and she's there, right? So yeah, yeah. Right. No. Yeah, I agree. But fast Faisal, he's like, I got my hand up addressed and I'm in Tom. Arnold's just like, shut the fuck up and just copy the links, <laughs> copy the files. Uh, is like, I love that. Like Tom Arnold is so fucking great in this movie, ah, dude. I was like, he said some lines. He has some he has some killer one liners in this movie. And I was like, oh, my God, he's my favorite character. And then he says something so problematic. I was like, oh, my God. Nope. Nope. If I like this character, I would get canceled so fast. 
Well, you we'd have to be famous for you to get canceled. I um apparently one of the lines that one of my favorite is he's talking about his second wife took the ice cube trays and he's like, what kind of fucking cold ass bitch takes the ice cube trays? And uh, apparently that was a real story from his divorce with Roseanne. And he, <laughs> and he told that story to James Cameron and Cameron put it in the movie. That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard going down favorite lines of his character. Mine is when uh, their daughter, he's like in their house eating, like having coffee or something. And their daughter comes in the room, comes in the kitchen. She puts on her motorcycle helmet and he says, oh, yeah, I remember my when I got shot out of a cannon. <laughs> Yeah, that no, that's a very good one. I also apparently like he did like fifteen different ad libbed versions of that, and that's like the one that got chosen. I mean, that was a good one. Where, where he becomes problematic is when he's like talking about his daughter, like as they're walking into Omega Sector, and he's like, "Why?" He's like, "Yeah, she just stole money out of your pocket, out of your jacket pocket," and he's like, "Oh yeah, she's probably going to use it for an abortion." I was like. <laughs> Dude, I was like, oh, man. I mean, if someone said that about your daughter, how upset would you be? Well, that's the thought I had is like Arnold's just like, whatever. Yeah, uh, it's funny. And then he gets. But when he's later on talking about uh, his wife banging some dude, he's finally like, dude, shut the fuck up. Stop trying to make me feel better. Was that that was it? You know, work on it in your head a little bit and we'll come back. You'll have another. Arnold I feel like chance. I had a strong beginning, but then I just kind of became like a fucking monster in the yeah. end. So let's real quick. The only other thing that I find funny in the Switzerland part is when he bangs. Well, first he like has one. Or maybe this is in the end. I can't remember. He, I think it's in the end where he has one dude stab another guy and the other guy stab the other guy. But in the beginning, when he takes the two dogs and hits uh, their heads. I, I knew you were going to talk about this. I knew you were going to talk about this. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck? And it's like, obviously, when he's doing it, it's rubber. It's like rubber dogs because they hit the ground and they just kind of don't move. But then like it to you can't have our main character like expected to be liked throughout this movie. Kill two dogs. So you have to show them like the they pop back up and they're they're fine. Well, they're like days right They're Like walk, walking around circles like ur, 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 like that. Um the only thing I think we can move through this next part quick, but I, one thing that I noticed, you know, in the like domestic stuff is uh, she's talking about how the plumber has to dig underneath the slab and she says it's $600. And then she's like, you know, I, he'll take $100 off if I sleep with him. $600 for a plumber to dig underneath your slab. Like, holy shit, that'd be like five grand right now <laughs> if you needed something like that done yeah but that was 30 years ago so i know i'm just saying probably totally you know home ownership sucks is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah i mean so it, it's kind of great how they set this all up how they set up that she's like th they have this relationship and i guess you just don't normally think of like arnold and jamie lee like they're not your normal people you would cast in like as a husband and wife role in this yeah uh so apparently you know arnold came up with the idea for this movie and we normally do like the casting at the end but it makes so much sense arnold came up with the idea james cameron was like hey i want jamie lee curtis to do this he kind of wrote it with her in mind and arnold's like i just don't see it i don't want to use her and so here are the people considered michelle pfeiffer annette benning melanie griffith madonna can Madonna act? 
I uh, saw League of Their Own. I don't know. Is Madonna a good actress? Sharon Stone, Gina Davis, Rosanna Arquette, Sigourney Weaver, J- Jennifer Jason Lee, Emma Thompson, Joan Cusack, Isabella Rossellini, uh, Demi Moore, Julianne Moore, Jean Triplehorn, Helen Hunt, Kim Basinger, Madeline Stowe, Leah Thompson, and Deborah Winger. Um, and a couple of names in a record. Out of all of those that you say, like this could be a convincing couple to me, would be Sharon Stone. But then if you do someone like Joan Cusack, it's kind of like you get the same energy. I'm just imagining her from like School of Rock, but like, but like this character. Well, just which one of them did you want to do the? Uh, I think Michelle Pfeiffer would have been good. Um, and I think Jodie Foster like maybe had the part at one point. These fucking facts are like always like contradict each other. Yeah. But so James Cameron was like nah jamie lee curtis has to be it and so he went back to arnold and was like listen if you trust me which you should because terminator and terminator 2 bro um (laughs) you have to let me cast jamie lee curtis and uh he's like all right i will and then there's another really cool story when they were when james cameron was editing this arnold's name is supposed to pop up then true lies and then jamie lee curtis's after that and uh, James Cameron went to Arnold and was like, listen, I know this is yours to have, but I really think that her name needs to be above the title too with yours. And Arnold's like, yeah, sure, do it. Uh, and Jamie Lee Curtis was like, you know, that's like a really like cool thing that he did for me that he didn't have to. And it's like, you know, you really fight over like where your name appears on a movie. So I wonder why James Cameron was such an advocate for Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, because apparently he saw her in the movie Blue Steel, which was directed by his ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow, and was like, I want to work with her. Mm, okay. Okay. Damn, that's the you, first time you've asked a question like that, and I was just like, fuck, I got it. Yeah, you got it. You got it. Good job, man. Um, yeah, you know, I'm not that big of a fan of Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm, I'm, I'm just not. Like, I don't think she really deserved to win the Oscar of this past for everything everywhere all at once um i think it should have gone to stephanie sue who sue sue however you say her name i think she was amazing um and then you know i didn't know jamie lee curtis came from such a like a like famous parents i didn't know she was like a little nepo baby so i don't know i she's okay she's okay in some things um i liked her in freaky friday um (laughs) but but in this was so interesting because i was like man she's supposed to be sexy and then she comes like to the hotel she's like supposed to be a hooker and she's wearing that dress and i was like oh how why and then she starts ripping off the sleeves and slicking back her hair and i was like all right i'm i kind of like jamie lee curtis a little bit more now. <laughs> um let's just talk about that scene now i've never seen i've never seen such an ugly dress turn into such a sexy dress like it doesn't it doesn't yeah. make sense how yeah. it happened. Um, and this was like a very formative scene as a kid. So this movie came out when I was seven. I probably saw it like a few years after that. So like eight or nine, maybe 10 at, at most. Um, the dance holds up and uh, you can tell she put in the work for she worked fucking hard for like, for like, like think of the scenario, right? Like, <laughs> like she's, Try, she's dancing for this like a uh, stranger guy who just likes to watch who she thinks it's a he's a hooker or whatever she fucking goes hard on that bedpost i meant like she had worked out 
Uh, also, apparently that suit, that scene was supposed to be in the nude, and it was going to be like silhouette. And then Jamie Lee Curtis was like, "Yeah, why don't I do brawn panties?" But you see everything, well, and which, uh, Cameron, because yeah. Cameron got a lot of shit for that scene, and uh, he's like, "Dude, she was just as involved." Like I didn't, you know. What's interesting too is like I was looking at her dancing, and I was just like, you know, that's not an ass of a ten-year-old boy. Yeah, I don't that line. I first of all, I love Bill Paxton in this. His line at the end is like, "I got a small dick." <laughs> like when they're about to throw him <laughs> off, like he says, "I got a small dick," and then, <laughs> and then as they walk away, Tom Arnold's just like, "All right, fuck off, dipshit," and just shoots at him <laughs> to get him to leave. It's like so great. Oh, you're talking about that scene? Okay, okay, because that's not the last time we see him in the movie. Well, no, then he pees himself again at the very end, which I, I love the little ending of this. Like, so it ends with them both being spies, like working a case, like their marriage has been saved. Their daughter's like very happy with them again. That's what happens when, you know, you survive a terrorist attack and then they go to this party. But yeah. this was supposed to lead into a sequel that was going to come out in 2002 and, um, 9-11 happened and James Cameron was like, yeah, I just don't think terrorism works anymore. And have you seen so 9-11 video? ruined True Lies 2? Another thing that we lost. Um, have you seen that video of James Cameron in his submarine at the bottom of like the Titanic thing as 9-11 happens? And then as he comes up, they have to break the news to him. Yeah, and like Bill Paxton was told and then he breaks the news to him. But it, it like it was such an odd video the way he tells them because they're just kind of in shock and it like almost looked like Paxton was like act like the way he was telling him was just super odd. I it agree. Just, I, it was almost like he was like he was reading off a script. Yeah, it was. It was very. I mean, but that's also just like, you know, it was fucking weird going through that as we talked about like the Zero Dark Thirty episode. But imagine like coming up from that and like this thing that has happened to everyone and then you're like finding out in that way would also just be crazy. Um, so Omega Sector, I always thought they worked for like the FBI or something. Charlton Heston is their boss, dressed as Nick Fury. Apparently, Fury? yeah, Nick Fury. Yeah, no, Nick Fury. <laughs> Apparently, he came to the set with pink eye, so that's where the patch came in. Dude, um, that's a cool patch, though. It was. It worked for him. I liked yeah. how his job was just to be like an asshole. He's like, but you don't have any actionable intelligence and just like gets angry with him the whole time so they go after tia carrera because she happens to be in town um i guess they're in dc and uh they set up a hotel at this like nice hotel which comes back later i, th I found interesting and also we get cuts in between of like you know we talked about the scene with his wife and kids but then his wife is like basically talking shit about him at her work about yeah. how like, he's not interesting. He's so boring. I ask him about his conferences and it puts me to sleep. Um, and then we get a pretty cool scene where, so this guy who like the camera shows multiple times, this with slicked back hair goes into Tia Carrera and slaps the shit out of her. Cause she's like, why are you bringing this guy? Like clearly something's up with him. And then they, they go and try and kill him immediately, which I was like, even if you're successful, like that's got to That's going to bring more heat on you. Like, I don't really get the, the point of killing him like that. So speaking of Mission Impossible, that bathroom fight scene reminded me a whole hell of a lot in, in that that one in Fallout. 
yeah no yeah and this one's good too this is like uh, you you have the comedy of the dude taking a shit you have like really good action you have the the glasses with the camera it has it all yeah it's got everything it's got everything no i mean it, it was it was like really good and i was prepared for it to kind of be short and dumb but it like it really impressed me and then you have tom arnold kind of trying to catch up to the thing and then you have the fucking okay dude this is insane right it's like that escalates to them jumping out the window and then Tom Arnold being like, oh, fuck, there they are. Bah, 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 right. But he can't shoot anyone because it's street full of people. And then that goes from him, the <laughs> what's his name? Amir, right? Aziz. 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 Aziz goes on the motorcycle. Fucking Arnold gets on a horse and they're going through uh, what I believe is Central Park. And oh no, they, they're they're in oh, DC. Oh, they're in DC. So they're going some park in the mall. Okay, and so then they end up <laughs> somehow by riding the elevator to the top of a Marriott, and and I was just like, this is awesome. I was so into this, and I was like, oh my God, is he is the horse gonna jump too? First of all, first of all, there is no way in fucking hell that that motorcycle even came close to making it. Absolutely not. There's, and I was like, I was like, there's not enough of a lead up. And well, there's no ramp and that hotel is way too far away. But the other thing, too, is like, I was like, OK, so there's no way that motorcycle would have made it. There's no way the horse would make it. But maybe the movie would make the horse make it. <laughs> and the fucking horse stalled out like he stopped. And I was like, all right, this is. uh, And that's pretty much like the end of it. Then we go into the whole Bill Paxton subplot. Yeah. Apparently four horses needed and then for uh, for all of those scenes because they all did different stuff. And then yeah. apparently one of them, I think probably in the jump scene, um, almost killed Arnold and almost like had him fall off a 30 foot like thing because he was filming that part of it. So, uh, yeah, we almost lost Arnold on this one. Uh, I had the same thought. There's no way the motorcycle. The, it, first of all, it's just crossing like what you think is just one street. So it looked, it made it look like it was a fucking 10 lane highway yeah. that it's crossing. But I guess the pool was just farther back on the building. And then he flies like what looks like 200 feet. And then Arnold's just like, yeah, I fucking got this on the horse. You know, when we were doing speed and there was like no, <laughs> there was like no ramp, right? Everything was like at the yeah. same level. So there was no way that the bus could get to the height. It needed to get to the, to get to the other side of the highway. And the, the, there was only like 50 feet of, of thing. But then we read that when they actually did it, the bus went like 119 feet. It like exceeded it. I w I'm wondering like, OK, there's no way that motorcycle did it. But then when they did it, there was like, oh, yeah, it did it just fine. We just didn't have a real person on it. Although you could see I don't know if it's wires or that extra like you could see the motorcycle didn't fall at like a normal velocity. It like glided horizontally in midair for a bit just to. Just to make it to the pool. Yeah. Yeah. It's completely improbable. Impossible. Um, also, I did have the th thought that like before this all happened, Aziz crashes through the window and Tom Arnold could just shoot this guy. And it goes, hey, <laughs> then Aziz turns around and shoots at him. Just just shoot him on the pole. The pole blocks all the bullets. And but Tom Arnold's kind of a big, bigger guy, right? Like bigger than a light post. And so he just like somehow all the bullets are just deflected by this light post. And then Tom Arnold's like checking himself, 
checks his balls. He's like, he's like whew, whew. yeah. And then, as you see, the, the the movie just changes right here. The next day, Arnold goes to surprise her for lunch, finds out she's cheating on him, and uh, and then he basically like it's pretty interesting. He goes home, and this scene mirrors the scene like at the end where they're a happy family, but he or juxtaposes really. He goes home. His daughter's like completely uninterested. And his wife is like, keeps telling him stories. And then she's like, oh, uh, I came by to go to lunch with you. And she has a completely put together lie with detail after detail, which is just making him more and more angry. Like, yeah, because when someone's when you know someone's lying and their lie is so well put together, it's it means they more thought about it. For yeah. A, it's a like, yeah. yeah. So. And then he just decides to take all the resources of Omega Sector and focus not on the terrorists, but on his wife. There's a scene that happens early on where Tom Arnold is giving Arnold. <laughs> that's not confusing at all. He's giving Arnold Schwarzenegger a bunch of like the stuff to like have him be convincing that he just came back from this conference. And he gives him a gift of a snow globe to give to his daughter. And he gives it to his daughter. Her daughter opens it up. Okay, so there's here's the line. She says, wow, I've never seen one of these before. And I know it was probably meant to be slathered in sarcasm, but she says it with such like just matter of factly. And then I was like, wait, has she really never seen a snow globe before? And then she tosses it in the trash. And I was like, that was a cold ass move. I think it's probably because Tom Arnold's in charge of the gifts and she's received way too many snow globes is what I would imagine. Has yeah, but the way there. she says it, it's not like, wow, I've never seen one of these before. She just she's just like, wow, never seen one of these before. I had uh, such a crush on Eliza Dushku, like from this movie and then like the stuff afterwards. Like, yeah. The, the new guy. And then pretty like fucked up. I just read. So in 2018 she came out and said that she was molested by the stunt coordinator of this movie. And that like when she like, I think when she kind of like was, it was brought up a little bit that he also like, she, she basically says that he kind of like got her in, she broke ribs and she was like, it was his fault because of like the, you know what he had done. And then I think like some, you know, kind of telling on him and things like that. So just like, fucking crazy to like she was 12 and he was like a 36 year old guy i mean that's really fucked up but you hear those kind of stories all the time in hollywood how like people fucking people get away with shit all the time yeah no it's it's like as i'm watching the movie though and then afterwards like i'm like on a high because i like really liked it and i was like (laughs) i was like thinking back to like oh yeah i had like such a huge crush on her and then you read that and it just like makes you really fucking sad So we next get to uh, Harry finds out that his wife has left the house at like 8 p.m. to go meet Paxton and um, they start tailing her and uh, (laughs) Paxton's like, oh, you have to put your head down and puts it in his lap. And then all the all the fucking people that are surveilling is like, oh, yeah, she's got. Her head right in his lap. Woo! Yeah, yeah. it's just the face of Arnold just falls. Uh, and totally you know, blowing that guy. I, 
I was so like shocked at the uh, revelation of Bill Paxton's character being a salesman. And I was like, this is so fucking funny. She's bored with her husband who she thinks he's a salesman, but he's a super secret spy. And she's enamored with this Bill Paxton guy who she thinks is a super secret spy, but in reality is a salesman. It's like this perfect thing, but they don't really like do anything with that. I mean, no, they, that's the thing. They did the thing. I guess they did the thing, but they didn't. They, they really should have hit you over the head with it, huh? Like, <laughs> ah, look at what we did here. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I, the 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 used car salesman, like when he goes on the test drive with Bill Paxton, is really funny, and you get the point where he like kills him with his arm, like with an elbow, and then it's like just a dream. And he's like, "Oh, I got this one woman on the line. She fucking really wants it." <laughs> so many times that people tell. Arnold, his wife really wants to fuck. So, Paxton. <laughs> so this is the uh, this is the scene where, as Bill Paxton is describing Jamie Lee Curtis, he says that she's got an ass like a ten year old boy. And I text you this immediately because, first of all, what the fuck does that mean? S- smooth, I guess. I mean, and second of all, I if you just met a stranger and you're you're trying to sell him a car. Do you are you gonna sell him with the fact that you might be a child molester? I mean, I don't think that's the point of what he's saying, but I I do think the point of it is to have like he's Bill, a scummy guy. He's scummy and he'll just say whatever the fuck he wants. Like he just doesn't have a filter, right? The only time he like is kind of composed and like really thinks about what he says is when he's trying to, you know, take other people's wives i think a cool part of this his character actually is that and the way this movie is edited is that we see bill paxton with his gun that is actually a water gun and then in that flashback where we see him give her the briefcase and she opens it up and he she finds all these like passports and money and stuff she lifts up the files and there's the gun (laughs) and we already know it's a water gun but it looks like a real gun and she freaks out about it like this dude is scummy but very uh detail oriented yeah yeah it is it is funny like how good he is at this ruse and um so yeah he gets her back he's getting her drunk He's like, hey, I need you to be my wife in Paris. And she's like, okay, I'll do it. And as you as this is happening, you see Arnold like out there ready to raid this place. And he's like, and Paxton's like, baby, we need, we need to really like prove that we're a couple. And he like tries to kiss her and she backs away. And he's like, see, you know, that we can't do that in the field. And uh and then basically like she starts going for it and then she, like in order to like save this character so we're not like fucking hate this lady cheating on her husband she doesn't do it before she's caught she's like no right. i'm not gonna do that we get right. the she wouldn't have gone that far she went as far as she did so um she didn't even approach bill paxton to be like hey i think you're cute i want to date you he approached her with this whole thing that she thought she was like involved in so it's like you could make a case that she she never sought out an affair she just had one kind of fall in her lap and then like you said she said no to it he was kind of pushy too right like he was kind of kind of a salty yeah you know yeah definitely definitely um aggressive yeah um, a little too much and then 
<laughs> oh, you know what? By the way, the 10-year-old boy line overshadows the line right before where he said, titties make you beg for buttermilk. Um, <laughs> so it's just like he overshadowed himself. But yeah, so then Arnold comes in and... Like, Blows she, half the trailer off. <laughs> yeah, because he sees her on top of her with her legs... Him on top of her with her legs spread. And... um yeah, she starts biting people. She hits the shit out of Tom Arnold, and like finally he gets her. He gets her into the car, and the interrogation scene I think is really good. Did you notice that Tom Arnold hits her in the back of the head? And I didn't know Arnold... if that was Tom Arnold or another guy, but then yeah, Arnold hits. And then that Arnold guy. punches him. Yeah, that's a really good one. Um, and they're like, you know, you basically want to find out if she, if she fucked anybody, and Tom Arnold keeps like, <laughs> you know. Oh, is your husband not doing it for you anymore? And I was like, shut the fuck up. Or Schwarzenegger's Harry Tasker. It's like, shut the fuck up. I got this. The the part where he's disguising his voice in the interrogation room. How does she not know that that's Arnold? Like, how does she not hear her husband's accent? Like, sure, it's like muffled and like, you know, deep throat kind of thing. But what is it? <laughs> that's what it's called. It's like when you meet someone in a <laughs> I'm digging myself into the hole. But, you know, that old spy thing was like, you know, you meet someone in a parking garage and they're like, call me deep throat, you know. That old trope. But anyways, how can you not hear the accent through through that? Um, and then, yeah, he's like. Do you still love your husband? I was like, who would ask that? Like, she so dumb not being like, oh, okay, I I get what's happening now. Well, I mean, she does. She's like, what the fuck do these questions have to do with? I think I also think that this. I don't know whether you call it a change or maybe we're just finally seeing this character for who she is. But, you know, she's got this short haircut. She wears glasses. She dresses like a middle school teacher. And, um. And then she's like about to break the glass. I thought that that glass was going to shatter and she was going to see her husband on the other side of it. And then that was like the jig is up. Yeah, I um, I just like I think it's like just such a like a sea change for that character where we're just like, oh, OK, it I don't know if you're saying it's if we could if you could say it's abrupt or just like the right bit. And then they're like, hey, we need you to do a mission. And she's like, yeah, cool. Um, and then I think we've, I think we've talked lecherously enough about the dancing scene. It's, it's pretty great. And there's this one line before that where Tom Arnold is like, you're using the same hotel for like, for your, from your cover. And he's like, I can't afford a better, like a suite. And so like, that is why then the terrorists like catch him right then and there. I love the I love the thing too where where he uh, he tells her to sit on the bed. He has this this whole thing recorded by this like French guy. <clears throat> he 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 has only what he has recorded as to say. So anything outside of that script, he has to like kind of like rewind the tape. Like when he asks her to sit down, lay on the bed, and close your eyes, and she's like, "What? No, you." They said you only like to watch. He has to like rewind the tape and then restart it at that point. Um, and then when she finally does it and she, he kisses her. She she beats him up, but not even realizing that it's her husband. And I love the point where she like 
she still puts the microchip on the side of the phone. Like after all that, she still completes the goddamn mission. Well, it shows that she like is doing this to save her family. And, but it's also funny that she just doesn't even look at the face of this guy. Um, that like, and I mean, I mean, I don't think he was doing if, if you take this at face value, that that guy had hired a hooker. So it wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong, but like <laughs> maybe it wasn't agreed to. She's like, Oh, you're breaking the rules of like, you don't touch. And I don't know. But anyway, and then he's like, Helen, Helen. And she looks back and is like, Harry, what are you doing? And then terrorists See, pop in. This is the part I don't get. She sees Harry. She knows he's the guy this entire time. She has to, right? And then when she's taken by the terrorists and everything like that, she's still like, what's going on? Why is Harry here? And then she's like, oh, they're for me. Like, those terrorist guys are kidnapping us because of me. And Harry's like, no, they're doing, they're there because of me. And I love that kind of like that misunderstanding that she's like, she doesn't get that she's set up by her husband yet. Well, I mean, and I don't know if you've ever dealt with your spouse being a super spy for Omega Sector, but I imagine there is some grogginess at like what happened and how like you're in the situation you're in. Um, but I just think it's funny that he's like, oh, she's a hooker. Just leave her here. And it's like, oh, nothing. And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm your wife, idiot. And like, she <laughs> and he's like the fuck are you doing like <laughs> even all the way onto the private jet like they get all the way on the plane and then um yeah and then juno's like she's telling the truth isn't she harry like no shit yeah it's i oh we skipped over uh i think it was really funny the guy recording the french was like who wrote this shit harry and it's like a nice like meta commentary making fun of fucking um james cameron right because like this is his writing and it's just like this is so bad <laughs> yeah but i mean at that point is purposely bad and cheesy yeah for sure no i agree uh and then we get to this island we have no idea where we are but i, I guess we have we figure out we're in the keys and um this whole time i was like i don't know where this movie is taking place like you figure out like dc for the first part yeah because like you know it's government agency they're you know Working for Omega Sector, I, whatever. I looked this up because the bridge that they crossed on looked like a St. Pete bridge. And I was just like, that's St. Pete? But no, actually, it was the Keys. And then they shot, shot part of this on in Miami, too. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And they did they did miniatures for the like explosions and stuff, like for a lot of it. And it's just yeah. like, looks so, so good. No, it does. That's the thing, too. It's like these 1994 movies with miniatures instead of CGI just look so good. It makes you wonder why we still don't kind of do that nowadays because CGI has just gotten so expensive. And then when you want to cheap cheapen it out, it looks bad, right? I'm sure miniatures are probably pretty penny in and of themselves, but um, it just it, it looks so good. I think back to speed. And speed looked really good too. No, yeah, no, absolutely. There's only like a couple things here and there that don't look great. There's um the part where uh Jamie Lee Curtis is hitting Tia Carrera with the wine bottle, the view behind her of the driver and then the bridge oh, yeah. is clearly yeah. like a green screen recording of like the road. Yeah. Uh, at least it's the right bridge, but it like you can tell. 
Uh, and there's like one or two other things, but yeah, no, it looks so, so good. I also think the jet, him, him taking off from the, from the highway in the jet and then the whole jet scene at the end of the movie, you could tell which parts were CGI there, but it was still like decently well done. No, for sure. I mean, for being 94, like I think it holds up pretty damn well. Um, so we get to this Island, uh, and they basically force, harry to like do a video explaining that they have the capabilities to blow up these four nukes um and then we get to the truth serum scene which is really funny and she's like so you got to tell me the truth he's like just try it out you know ask me something you think i would lie about and she's like are we gonna die he's like oh yeah (laughs) yeah we're gonna die um and then i love when samir walks up and he's like i'm gonna kill you he's like oh really how are you gonna do that he's like i'll probably first use you as a shield and i think snap your neck and then he shows that he doesn't have the handcuffs samir from the the torturer guy right yeah the torturer yeah yeah uh this scene is basically like like commando right it it is like commando you're talking about where he's popping out of the thing just shooting every fucking person and yeah 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 but can we talk about how Jamie Lee Curtis drops the fucking machine gun and it kills everyone perfectly? It's good. That was my favorite part of the movie. Like, hands down, the way they set all that up <laughs> and her expression. Like, her her expression is just, like, panic uh, housewife. It's, it's so perfect for what this is. But I also love Arnold sitting there like look him look he looks up the guy that's choking him looks up and they're both like oh shit and they like hide i also like how the gun like doesn't just shoot going forward down the stairs it shoots coming back and so it like shoots at jamie lee curtis up the stairs and she has to dodge out of the way of her own fucking mistake but also how every terrorist runs in the direct uh line of the Uh, line of fire yeah (laughs) so fucking hilarious they're not very smart there's also uh the cameraman who's filming the video of the jihadists like the battery dying and him shaking and like i don't know what to do and he's like i'm good this guy's gonna kill me he's like (laughs) just go he's like moron go get it he's like i'm gonna go to the truck he's shut up don't talk but then um Then after this, there's this line where after he's killed everyone before she drops the machine gun that kills a bunch of people where she goes, I married Rambo. And at first I was like, she should have said, I married Commando. That would have been hilarious. But then James Cameron should have done, I married the Terminator. (laughs) I don't know. I I like Rambo. I think he thinks it's too self-referential, but I'm telling you, like, I think it, I think it, I think it works there. I don't know. Little note, little note I would have given him as a studio exec, and he would have been like, This fucking guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Shut the fuck up. I'm gonna leave it the way I want. Um, but yeah, so he's, you know, Arnold is next to a big gas tank, and, you know, Mir shoots it, and um, Aziz. Is, Aziz, Jesus Christ. Aziz shoots it, and it blows up. And I guess Jamie Lee Curtis at this point thinks he's dead. And I, I guess everyone thinks he's dead, but it's so awesome. There was this scene where she comes face to face with Juno and Juno's fucking going to kill her. And then fucking Aziz saves her and is like, now nah, we need a we need a hostage. And I was like, 
that is a roundabout way to keep Jamie Lee Curtis in this movie because anyone else just fucking kill her. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to it's it's honestly a very well written reason to keep her alive, right? Well, yeah, because it's like then if she wasn't in the car, they could just blow up the car on the bridge. But since she was in there, they can't do that. And there you go. Now, one thing that I find very odd, I guess, is that he's like, we need a hostage. But then Aziz, what, does he take a helicopter or something? And he just goes a completely different route. As Yeah, like, we don't see him. We don't see him anymore. So he must have taken a copter or he was in a car that went way ahead. And then she's riding in the limo. limo. Yeah. And then at the time they kidnapped. No, no. Yeah. Okay. So this part doesn't make any actually make any fucking sense to me. Because, you know, Harry gets out of the he's, water. He's and in the water. Yeah. Tom Arnold comes up, should have perfect opportunity for Arnold as he's running to say, get to the chopper. They don't do it. They don't go for it. The easy line. Um, but they somehow kidnapped the daughter from DC that Aziz didn't know about until that night. Right. How? Okay. 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 So I thought this movie was going to end so differently than it did. Right. I thought they were going to take care of this whole thing on the bridge and then they were like it is done we did it we're we can go home and then as they walk through their front door aziz is there with their daughter like at gunpoint and they fucking like take him out right but Uh and i thought that's the way it was gonna end but then when they were like no they're holding this building hostage basically in what is it miami yes yeah they're like they're holding this this whole building hostage in Miami. They have the nuke on the roof, yada, yada, yada. And and the way that Tom Arnold delivers the news about Dana to to uh, Harry is just the most blase. It's like, Harry, I got some news. They have a hostage and it's Dana. And Arnold's like, my Dana, like my Dana. And he's first of all, yeah, you fuck. Yeah. And then the second one, he's like. He's like, yeah, but don't worry, we'll get her back. I'm like, you're, I don't, I don't know. Like, he is not a sympathetic character at all. Like, they're like, they're not even like, oh, they have your daughter hostage. But that's a good point, though. I didn't even think about it. They took a helicopter all the way to fucking D.C. And then they came back to Miami. Like, this, like, six and a half hour helicopter flight. He must have sent some other guys to get her. He must have had some dudes who were meeting him in Miami from D.C. How do they know where he lived? Well, because he pulls out the wallets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how. I mean, it's the only explanation. But yeah, I'm just like, I don't know. It was was part of it that was like, eh. I'm kind of disappointed that Jamie Lee Curtis couldn't couldn't be there at the end where he saves the daughter because I think it'd be cool to have this like husband wife uh mother father moment that they both go to save her save her and he just kind of fucking leaves her and she doesn't even know that her daughter is kidnapped yeah i i i I think also because the movie's so long normally it's already two hours and 20 minutes normally you'd have a scene showing her getting kidnapped like oh she tries to hide in her i mean i'm thinking of commando but her trying to hide from them and like it you know she gets caught and uh she has her she has her little moment in the sun she does no she does i mean she's definitely like 
even fucking looks like Alyssa Milano from Commando. Um, so we get to Miami. I love Faisal's moment to shine where he just fucking takes three dudes out. Oh, yeah, like, that's bang, awesome. bang, bang. Awesome. Uh, as soon as he turned around, I was like, there's a gun in that camera. Yeah. And a walkie talk, like and a like a communicator for Ar- with Arnold. And um, so then she steals the key. She runs up top. Arnold coming up with the fucking jet as the dude's got the binoculars and just taking out the entire fucking floor. Because because he said that there's no hostages on the 20th floor. He knew that he could just fire, you know, completely. And yeah, it was awesome. The other part of that, too, it's like and, and just a note for anyone who's ever kidnapped or running away from someone that that is chasing them, means them harm. Uh, when you run in a stairwell, you go down. Okay? <laughs> you don't go up where you're trapped on the roof because your dad's not Arnold Schwarzenegger and he's not coming in a fighter jet to save you. I mean, she's a kid, as we said. You so. run down, David, down down is that what you do okay yep. yeah uh and then she gets caught by the jet and i love the way that he like he almost hits the building with the guy doing cleaning the building and then he goes into it <laughs> yeah when i was watching this with taylor and she goes oh look there's stan lee there's there's stan lee's oh, that cameo would, that would be yeah no that's that, that is true um and then we saw the chopper that shot at him. I was like, what kind of chopper shooting at a fucking fighter jet? Like, why are you doing that? <laughs> and then the main terrorist disease falls onto the rocket. And mm. I read somewhere that James Cameron had an entire team of writers to work on this movie for the comedy aspect of it. And then he was just like, I don't really like this. So he fired all of them and he did almost all the comedy himself. He said he left one line in from that team of writers and it's when Arnold says you're fired. And I was like, that line doesn't even make sense. Those guys are employee. That guy's nope. not an employee of his. Like it's just a dude you're killing. Like, but however, David, he was fired on a rocket. I agree through a building that he had just shot up into the helicopter and blew it yeah. up. Yeah, That was super cool. And I didn't think I would like it. I saw it coming from a mile away. I was like, he's going to get his jacket hooked onto the rocket and the rocket's going to go and he's going to go through the building. He's going to hit the helicopter. And I was like, Ugh, I'm just, Ugh, okay, whatever. And then it happens and I was like, okay, that was pretty fucking cool. <laughs> it is good. It's, it's, it's a good way. And then you think we're done because it's like, oh, that's a great ending. You know, the newscasts are like, oh, some secret agency saved us here. We don't know who it was. Um, it's the impossible mission force basically. And, uh, then they're in their home and they get a call and she's like, Boris and Doris were on. And I, I love Bill Paxton's final little piece in this when he pisses himself. She's I'm just going to do him right here. Go for it. Like just so perfect. (laughs) I kind of wish that we, we see them like actually do something spy on this mission instead of just dancing the tango. And I'm sorry, I just I really in the beginning of this movie liked Tom Arnold's character. But then as it went on, I was just like, there's too much of him. And his little monologue at the end where it was just like, next time. I'll go out there and you stay in the vehicle. You know, I was like, I'm just done. I'm done with his his character. No, I liked him a lot. I think it was very funny. I think. 
I think more like the more you watch it, the more like when you know the jokes are coming, they may not hit as much. But um, no, I appreciate every time it's been a while since I've watched this. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think like I, you could kind of tell that they're setting up this up for a sequel at the end there. And I, and I guess it's like the perfect thing where it's like, oh, this could be this could happen. But also it's a it's a standalone movie enough to not have one. No, yeah, and I that's like, especially when you have sort of an original idea, I think that's like the perfect way to do it. You need like a contained full story with the possibility of continuing. Like nowadays, like the studio has to have the possibility that if this blows up, we can make seven more of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you got to have an end credit scene. You got to have like an open ending. And yeah, exactly. But now there's like a True Lies show, and I'm pretty sure it's just like, you know, like <clears throat> there was a huge up thing back in like 2015, 2016, where they took all these 80s and 90s movies and made them into shows like the Rush Hour show, the Lethal Weapon show, the, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they just all failed horribly. And I think this is just one of those. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not going to watch it. Uh, maybe it's good. I don't know. I'm just, yeah, I don't watch. I don't watch a lot of TV right now. Well, for my final rating of this movie, I give uh, two dogs hitting their heads together and then collapsing on the ground. Um, you know, as we're talking about this, I did like the movie. There was a lot of parts of it where I was really into it. My only critique I will say now is that it loses itself kind of in the middle there. And you forget really that this is a action movie and more of like a like a trying to fix the relationship movie but it's silly enough that it works i just don't think it has to be two hours and 20 minutes long i think you could easily shave off maybe like 20 25 minutes of this movie and compact it and still have like a pretty good movie yeah i mean my my only criticism is that the the dancing scene should have just been fully nude. I knew it. I knew you were going to say it. I, oh my God, I saw it coming a mile Let's, away. uh, I want to like, let's tie a thread from like the previous episode. So I've seen Oppenheimer and I made a joke about seeing Killian Murphy naked. You do not get to see Killian Murphy naked in Oppenheimer. I was like, I don't know. No. Also, well, you see him naked, but he, his legs are crossed. Yeah. Also, just totally unnecessary nudity in that movie. Like it doesn't just, I, for Nolan, for that to be the first nudity he's ever done in a movie, like 10, 11 movies in, it's like, I don't really, I don't understand it. Um, yeah. Let's let's rapid fire some fun facts. So Jamie Lee Curtis won a Golden Globe for this performance, which okay. Golden right. Globes are usually like the funner reward, different types of stuff. So I like that. Um, this is crazy. So after Terminator 2, James Cameron initially wanted to make Spider-Man the movie from an R-rated script with Leonardo DiCaprio as Peter Parker love and it. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Doc Ock. Fucking love it. However, he thought the movie would be too challenging. It's like Dar- it's like Arnold as Doc Ock would be like as Arnold as like with as Mr. Freeze. I have eight arms. You've been occupied. Uh, James. James, <laughs> it's the best one you've done tonight. James Cameron was inspired by the Man from Uncle TV show. Uh, uh, these are the people who were considered for the Tom Arnold character, whose name was Albert Gibson in the movie, and we never said it once. Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, John Goodman, Steve Gutenberg, and then Joe Pesci, I think, was offered it and said, fuck off. That is exactly the people that I would imagine 
who could do this. <laughs> Dude, it's like Joe maybe Pesci- like throw Danny DeVito in there too. Joe Pesci just it cannot play it the same way Tom Arnold did, but it would have been fucking hilarious. Your your wife is fucking other guys. I don't know how you don't see it. She's <laughs> sucking dick all over DC. Um, I was very, very much impressed with this watch in the movie. And like I said, I think it's one that people forget how good it is. Um, and so now that it's available to watch someplace, yeah. unless you owned the DVD or like a, a pirated copy from another country's, you know, a Blu-ray, a Blu-ray, um, dude, go to Tubi and check it out if you haven't seen it in forever, because it fucking rocked. Maybe wait a couple of weeks so they can like fix their copy that they have on there right now. Dude, it's a free service. They're going to do shit with that. So <laughs> maybe they'll fix the one on Prime. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of I Finally Watched. This is David. And this is Alon. And I finally watched True Lies.